pray together. Lord, I pray all of us have humble uh, and patient hearts uh, that we would live into uh, the words we just sang or saw or read, uh, that we would be open to your uh, making us whatever you want uh, us to be. And uh, as we've shared recently, as I shared last week, uh, if there are those uh, here today who feel uh, the crushing and the pressing uh, of the world uh, or of guilt, I pray that uh, in this time, not by any person, uh, but by the power of Jesus and His Spirit, uh, they would see all that you are doing, uh, that you would give them uh, new eyes and they would witness uh, that you are making them into something better and greater uh, for you and your kingdom. Let our hearts be open to that and not resistant uh, if there, there are walls or boundaries that we've put up uh, by the power of your spirit. Uh, and your spirit is certainly more powerful than anything uh, in this world. Uh, break those uh, as you break the chains that hold us back uh, to being the believers, the Christians, the leaders uh, that you would have us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all. Have a seat. Uh, make yourself at home, but make yourself comfortable uh, in, this, uh, in this new seating arrangement. Uh, food is out and on the table. We will, uh, we will be getting to that soon. I do uh, promise you that. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 27. Matthew 27. We've been, uh, we've been going through a series that we call The Last Dark Night, following Jesus in the last night up to the crucifixion. And today, we are right up to where they put him on the cross. Now, Matthew 27, uh, I'm going to read starting in verse 27, but before I do that, uh, we're going to have a video, okay? And... I think we can all be visual learners, but the reason I show the video is to try to answer a question uh, that I might not even be able to answer, or you might not, but it's a simple question, and we probably all think we know the answer, or or many of us do, is, why is this week such a big deal? And we're like, well, it's Easter, and there's services. No, I want to push past that. Why is it a big deal? Uh, Why would today we... Do something like this and then have several services leading up to Easter. And we would say, well, it's Easter, but pushing further. Why is it a big deal? Uh, To try to answer that question, uh, there's this video. Uh, We've used these before. It's called Bible Project. They have great videos. I would uh, steer you all to the website. It's got a little over four minutes long. Let's play it. Okay, that's a video about uh, good news, the good news. Uh, again, it's, it's in a link called The Bible Project. Uh, I highly recommend you uh, checking that out. It's got, in my opinion, some really great videos that, uh, that are very biblical, but also simplify some of the big themes of the gospel, which that just did, and that it is good news. Today is a part of that uh, good news, not just as a Sunday in worship, but it is Palm Sunday, so it is part of the story. We're going to look at that too. But our passage, uh, Matthew 27, verse 27, uh, does uh, tie directly to that video. 
because Jesus is about to be put on the cross, and he's put on the cross. And I read this on Palm Sunday because I know that, uh, that several of us uh, will not be there on Good Friday. And next Sunday will be about the resurrection. So I'm going to read, I want to read this passage slowly. Because I would love for you, I mean the Bible will speak to us much more than me or anybody else. Because it is God's words. I'm going to read this slowly. And I, I guess my goal, my desire would, you, uh, would, would be for you to get an even greater sense of, of what Jesus took on. What he did for you personally. As king. Now, it's very interesting in that video that it showed his crucifixion was his enthronement. So, here is the enthronement of our king. Verse 27, Matthew 27. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the governor's residence and gathered the whole company around him. They stripped him. And dressed him in a scarlet robe. They twisted together a crown of thorns, put it on his head, and placed a staff in his right hand. And they knelt down. They knelt down before him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews! Then they spit on him took the staff that they had given him and kept or continually kept hitting him on the head. After they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe, put his own clothes on him, and led him away to crucify him. As they were going out, they found a Cyrenian man named Simon, They forced him to carry his cross. When they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull, they gave him wine mixed with gall to drink. But when he tasted it, he refused to drink it. After crucifying him, they divided his clothes by casting lots. Then they sat down and were guarding him there. Above his head, they put up the charge against him in writing, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. The two criminals were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. Those who passed by were yelling insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you're the Son of God, come down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests with the scribes and the elders mocked him and said, He saved others, but he cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he takes pleasure in him. For he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, Even the criminals who were crucified with him taunted him. You know, I kind of, I love how you can learn something new every time you read the Bible. And so this week, that last verse, verse 44, you know, I never really 
thought about much because I thought about uh, the thief uh, who will acknowledge Friday on, in our Good Friday service. But, you know, you think of the thief will be with Jesus in paradise. But here, even the criminals, which is plural, as in both of them, were taunting him initially. And so at some point, the thief who was saved was taunting him, and there was a shift. Something happened in him. In, that, in those hours, which they generally think the time on the cross was 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., so you know, around that, that time. So we'll stop there. We'll save the words on the cross for Friday. Uh, but that, as, as the video said, I, I thought very appropriately, it was his enthronement as king. The king of kings, the lord of lords. At Christmas, we say the king of kings born in the manger, and now in his death, the king of kings enthroned on a cross. How good is the feet of those who bring good news. Isaiah said, uh, the bloody feet of Jesus nailed to the cross. King of kings, Lord of lords. Quite a change from the first Palm Sunday. Those of us who know the Palm Sunday story. Uh, Let's look back at it. It is uh, Matthew 21. And just to contrast, okay, just to contrast what happened in five days' time, on this Sunday that we highlight, celebrate today, uh, he was arriving in Jerusalem as king uh, to fulfill Scripture, but the people were not taunting him then, not mocking him then. They were celebrating him as king of kings. Matthew 21, and it's in every gospel, but today we're in Matthew. At the beginning of Matthew 21, verse 1, it says, and I'm just going to read a couple verses. When they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples telling them, Go into the village ahead of you. At once you will find a donkey tied there with her foal. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place so that what was spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. Tell daughter Zion, see your... King is coming to you, gentle, mounted on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did just as Jesus directed them. They brought the donkey and its foal. They laid their clothes on them and he sat on them. A large crowd spread their clothes on the road. Others were cutting branches from the trees, spreading them on the road. Then the crowds who went ahead of him and those who followed shouted, As we sang the first song today, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in uproar saying, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. What happened to go from Hosanna, King, Palms laid down, a symbol of not just affection, but a symbol of royalty coming in to uh, the blood, the mocking, the taunting. What happened? Well, one word, use many words, but one word was betrayal. Betrayal. The king of kings uh, was betrayed. 
So those of us who have experienced betrayal, which uh, should be everybody in this room, probably, knows that experience. But see, the, the passages that we read, what I'm trying to show you, the contrast, it wasn't just like we, we, we cast stones at Judas uh, and, and really focus on him, but, but he was betrayed by, by so many, so many of his followers. I'm not just talking about the 12, but look, he had followers that were coming into Jerusalem and beginning to believe in him, and then they're mocking him, they're, they're taunting him. He was betrayed. He was betrayed. And the king of kings, Jesus, he did what he did. He experienced this betrayal. So, why this week is so big, why this week is so important, so he could defeat for you personally, for me, for us, the great betrayers, the great betrayals, okay, of sin. Because the reason we experience betrayal in our life and the reason we may have betrayed someone is because of the sin in it. So that is one of the great betrayers. And to defeat the great betrayer of Satan. You could go back all the way to Genesis 3, the lie of, hey, God doesn't want you to experience this because you'll really know and be like him. That's a betrayal of God's creation. And we get betrayed by that all the time, every day. And then, you know, really I think the greatest betrayer in our physical existence is death. It betrays us. It robs us of, it robs us of friends. It robs us of time. Uh, it robs us of opportunity. It robs us of relationship. It is, it's the great betrayer. Jesus experienced Betrayal as king, as king of kings, so that ultimately the king of kings would defeat the great betrayers of sin, of Satan, of death itself. That is the good news. Now, you may not even think it's good news. You may not admit that. We can't really admit that in our context, you know, in the South. Everybody's got to be good, and, you know, the, even if we don't have white picket fences, we've got to at least look like it. But the truth of the gospel and the gospel is, is pointed, directed in the Bible. The whole of the story is that a king was coming for Jesus, and a king came in Jesus. And now after Jesus, his earth life, a king rules. And I would, I would press you, I would challenge you, do you think of Jesus Christ as king of kings, lord of lords, overall? And we're talking in our... our Sunday morning small group this morning about uh, how he's over all. Over all. So that means uh, he's over sin. He's over earthly existence. He's over sin. I mean, you know, who here likes Star Wars? Anybody love Star Wars? Love? Anybody seen the new trailer? Anybody seen the new trailer just to wake you up? Who has? I mean, I mean let me see a show of hands. You've seen the new trailer of Star Wars. You geeks out there like me. Okay? Greatest trailer ever, okay? I love Star Wars. Guess what? The gospel, the good news, Christianity, is not Star Wars. Because Star Wars is actually closer, great story, but it's a story. And it actually is tied much more to Hinduism, and Brother James Mindia knows this, where the light and the dark are equal. Okay? Uh, Christianity... Uh, the light is on top, 
Okay? The king is on top and everything else is under him. And he rules whether you realize it or not, which is why I believe, and what I can say, and you can say, and you quote me and you quote us, but you really quote Matthew, uh, excuse me, Romans 8, 28, no accents to Christianity. All things work for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, because he rules. Amen. Just to show you some of the story, real quick, Isaiah 62, 1 talking about the king, how the Bible is pointed to the king who would come. I will not keep silent because of Zion. I will not keep still because of Jerusalem until her righteousness shines like a bright light and her salvation like a flaming torch, predicting Jesus coming into Jerusalem. And then Zechariah 7-9. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout in triumph, daughter Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, humble, riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Connections to the Old Testament, that the king would enter the city where he would be killed to defeat those great betrayers of sin, of Satan, and of death. So, I want to close up real quick. I know, it's going to be, it's going to be short. We got to eat. Come on. We got to eat. Yeah. You hear people talking back there. But to clarify, okay, in just a couple minutes, why is this week a big deal? Why should it be a big deal? Why should you take more time to think about the good news, okay? Because he did this for you personally, the king, king of kings, lord of lords. That's a very cosmic statement, but it funnels down personally to your life, personally, okay? You're like, well, how could God know me personally on the cross? Because he was God. Because he's God, okay? And he can be outside of time and uh, seasons and centuries and know you personally and what you are going through. He did this for you. And if you think about that, there is, going back to Star Wars, we love, the reason I get jacked up by a Star Wars trailer is that it's a great myth, okay? But it is a myth. C.S. Lewis, the reason he was converted to Christianity by his friend, Tolkien, Tolkien kept pushing on, Christianity is really the true myths. He would say, you love these myths of heroes and warriors, of giving their life. And Tolkien would say, this is the true myth that had happened for you. So C.S. Lewis became a Christian, and he ultimately said, stories rising to the level of myth puts us in touch with our deepest longings. And I believe that's true. So while we're moved by some false myths that can be great stories, we have this deep longing. We all have this deep longing to either be saved or be part of a great adventure or to be part of someone else's uh, work in, in salvation. We don't do the saving. God does. But as Christians... As a body of believers, we definitely are the hands and feet of Jesus reaching out. And so, honestly, these, these other not real stories, you can kind of see glimmers of the gospel, the good news. Kathy Keller, you, don't, you may not know her, but she's the wife of Tim Keller, as some of you may know. She said this, this is interesting, and she loves, like me, she loves to read, and she loves fiction. She actually likes reading fiction more than like church books which, frankly, I kind of prefer to. 
But she said, you know, I see, Je- I love this. She said, you know, I see Jesus everywhere. I see Jesus everywhere in these great stories. And she used some examples like the Lone Ranger. Who loves the Lone Ranger? Yeah. The Lone Ranger who always is fighting for justice and everyone thinks that he's like the bad guy. This is not me saying, this is her. She said, Superman. If ever there was a Christ analogy, it was Superman. The father, remember Jor-El, sent the son, Kal-El, rescued earth. This was Kathy Keller, not, not me before you, 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 you try to pinpoint, okay? But she said, I see Jesus everywhere in stories. And then, of course, as I already mentioned, Tolkien, but Lord of the Rings. Gandalf, uh, Aragorn. Uh, Gandalf, I love the, the scene. It's, I think it's better, actually, in the movie. But the huge, giant Balrog, I mean, the great demon, he was like kind of the, the second-in-command type demon. And Gandalf stood and said, you will not pass. And he pulled him down to the depths of the earth. And if this is not a Christian analogy, and Gandalf went down with him to fight him, fight him, even to the depths. And there was a lake down there, which... Uh, we've talked about this. Some stories talk about uh, Dante's Inferno. At the, at the very bottom of hell, there's the lake of fire. Revelation even says the lake of fire. That's no accident. Uh, Tolkien and Gandalf saved his people and battled the great demonic cord down into the lake of fire. That is a real allusion to the good news of what Jesus did. And then Gandalf came back. And then Aragorn, the king, who was king, who had all the royalty... But he came down and made himself known as Strider, very humble servant. If you're geeked up on Lord of the Rings, you know those. If you're not, you should be. At least watch the movies. The book's a little tougher. But he did all that for you. Did all that for you. So, you, me, we could do it for others. Don't miss out on that point. If you know that, if you begin to know that good news. I love the illusion on the, on the little movie we watched of the big bad soldier beating down and the humble servant bandaging his leg and he drops his sword. That is someone who knows the good news, who knows that Jesus reigns, that he is king of kings, that the betrayers are defeated and he can love on those who even would not love on him. He did it for you so you can do that for others because there are others in need. This verse, I told somebody today, was founded on one verse. Jesus said, there are others. John 10, 16, I must go to them. If our vision is so small that we're like, oh yes, uh, we're good and we're having a good time and it's community and that is all good stuff, but we don't keep our vision to neighbors and nations that are in need, whether they worship with us or not, then to me, we are not living out the truth of the gospel, the good news of the gospel, That's why we do days like today, to reach out, to love neighbors, and to even, as we did earlier, to highlight nations because there are others in need. The good news is for you, what he did for you, so you could go and pass that on to others and because others are in need. And last thing I would say before we take communion, you might be that other person, whether you know it or not. What do you mean I might be that other person? You may not know the good news. You may do church as, uh, as a game, a good game, not a bad game, but like yeah, something I've got to go to, something I've got to do, I've got to check the box, got to make sure my fire insurance is there. But also there's some fringe benefits of relationships that ch- of church. But the good news, the real good news, 
has not percolated, those of us who love coffee, down into your heart, into your DNA, that you know something bigger and deeper and grander. You get fascinated, you kind of see a hint of all, all of this in stories that we love or movies that we love. But the real, the true myth, as Tolkien would say, is that Jesus Christ did this for you personally so you could go and help others see it and do it for others because others in need. But you might be that other person. And if you are, if there's a twinkling of a light bulb, like, you know, maybe I am, then, man, we want to press into this week. We want to highlight and promote and proclaim what Jesus Christ has done for you. We're going to have, I think it's going to be a great feast, a banquet. Before that, we're going to come to the Lord's table, which is more important because it is talking about what Jesus did for us. But then there is a feast in heaven. Matthew says this over and over again. So this is a time where brothers and sisters of Christ can connect with, and I believe they're here, non-brothers and sisters of Christ. And we can say Jesus Christ did this for you. We do this, we gather together because what Jesus did for all of us. That should be our driving push. That should be why we do what we do. That should be why we gather. Anything else is just kind of church idolatry. Amen, Moody? Come on. I was waiting for you to say that. So let's walk together for Easter. Let's begin today. And let's pray all of us know that Jesus Christ did all this as King of Kings for you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, help us know that as we come together as the family of Jesus today. In your name, amen.